So this is the first, I guess, live show. I'm trying to do some streaming on YouTube. So Sports Card Intel is something I've sort of had on my mind for a while. Um, I Heroes for Sale, I think, will be... I think it will continue as maybe more of a personal brand where, you know, if you're following on Twitter, Instagram, I'm not really as active as I am on Twitter or TikTok, for example. Um, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do with TikTok, to be honest, because I think I want to essentially what sports card Intel is, is I want I want to create a brand that is more focused on media uh, because I think Heroes for Sale, I think, is a good... I think the name was really good. Um, I think it didn't... The brand itself, don't. I don't think it exactly um, portrayed sort of what the content was going to be. Um, I think... Like, I, I mean, I'm told the story about what Heroes for Sale... Heroes for Sale is, basically. And it is... I mean, it was the card store that I went to as a kid. So, I mean, that's kind of the origin story of, you know, Heroes for Sale and where kind of the name came from in general. Um, in Sports Card Intel, I want to create as more of like a media brand where I'm talking more about topics within sports and topics within sports cards that are affecting cards rather than... Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess it's not really rather than, but I wanted to focus more on creating a brand that wasn't necessarily like a personal brand in a way, because I think I branded Heroes for Sale as more of like a personal type of thing. Um, and I mean, just the kind of concept and idea uh, sort of came from, so I don't know if anybody in here follows esports, but uh, there's a show, there's Call of Duty, essentially. I'm Call, uh, Call of Duty esports. Uh, there is a show called The Flank, that's run by Zuma, whose real name is Tommy. Uh, and Zuma was, he was a professional Call of Duty player and now is kind of a media personality in the Call of Duty space. And I think I want to kind of format it similar to that, where, like, Zuma is the personal brand and The Flank is the show. So I think, like I said, the branding and kind of all this stuff is sort of, I'm still trying to figure it out in a way, to be completely honest. Um, but I think right now, I think right now this is kind of the, what it'll be. It's going to be sports card Intel will be either like powered by, or I don't know exactly. Like I said, I'm still trying to figure out the branding itself. Um, and I kind of also wanted to learn how to get into OBS a little bit more. Uh, and that's obviously you're seeing the graphics on the screen. Um, I think I have been kind of testing and figuring it out. So this is the first live stream. Um, if you're coming from the thumbnail, you probably see we're going to talk about a little bit of Kellen Mond. We're going to talk about Mbappe. We're going to talk about Heritage Auctions a little bit. Um, so let's get right into the show. So this is actually, this is cool. This is, I'm, I'm pretty excited to get into this part of the show because this is sort of where I've been messing with the templates in OBS and streaming. So first we're going to talk about Kellen Mond. And I think, you know, I know that he got picked up by the Browns and I think that's a pretty good, I'm... It's so this week eventually Kellen Mond does get picked up by the Browns. So this is where I'm trying to still figure out how to get things to work. So I'm using like an iPhone. I wish it would, the thing would just go away. Yeah, maybe the I'm using an iPhone as my there we go, whatever. Okay, so Kellen Mond this week gets picked up by the Browns after getting waived by the Vikings. I think it's a good example, if we're looking at it, of 
just how risky quarterbacks can be. And I think this is obviously something that I, I think if you listen to anybody within sports cards, they'll tell you that like, or anybody within, you know, that's more maybe willing to kind of give you the full picture that quarterbacks are they're, they're obviously for football. They're the most important position, but unfortunately they're also the most dangerous position because if you look at like, uh, I mean, you can look at a number of quarterbacks throughout the years. Like, going back to 2018, you had, like, Josh Rosen, you know, 2018, or Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. I mean, obviously, Josh Allen comes from that class, uh, so he's probably the one that's kind of taking over in terms of, like, the most important, or maybe not the most important, but the best the best player from that class, basically. Uh, but, you know, Kellen Mond wasn't necessarily someone that I was into, uh, wasn't you know, coming from, I think he was in the 2021 class with, uh, like with, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Mac Jones. I just think you kind of have to look at the history of quarterbacks and see that they're not always, yes, they're going to be probably the most expensive cards that are coming out of products. And they're probably going to be the ones, if you're doing breaks, you are going to get the most amount of profit if you're trying to eventually sell those cards. But if you're not selling them kind of before the player actually gets into the league and starts playing, there is a decent chance that you're going to get burned on some of those cards. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Kellen Mond could turn into this great quarterback. But I think going to the Browns, it really it doesn't make much sense to me, to be completely honest, because like the Browns have clearly showed that they don't really know what they're doing with quarterback, whether it's signing Deshaun Watson or if it's any number, you know, there's that, that meme that's like all the Browns quarterbacks names on the jerseys. It's just, it's it's the perfect encapsulation of kind of what the Browns do at quarterback there. So like, you know, who knows? Kellen Mond may just forever be a backup. I, you know, you don't really know, but it's like, it's, I think it's just more of a, from a sports card perspective, sports card perspective, I think it's more an important story to recognize that like, Quarterbacks, yes, like I said, they're going to be the most expensive cards, but they are also going to have the riskiest downside because, like, I mean, even even a player, you know, this is a little bit different than Kellen Mond's situation, but even a player, if you look at, like, um, Andrew Luck, for example, he was another one that, like, going into that season where he ends up retiring, that was poised for him to be, like, he was supposed to be like an MVP that season. He'd come off some injuries, come off some disappointing seasons. But overall, like, he was bound to be the next, like, Brady or the next guy, like, in this league. Him and then even RG3 when they were drafted. Like, if you look at that draft, uh, it's it's wild to think that those players now aren't even in the league. And, I mean, I know uh, RG3 is doing kind of a more media thing now. I don't know if Andrew Luck will ever kind of get back into doing media or what he is, what his overall plans are. But I think, you know, you look at quarterbacks and it's, 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 it's also this thing that I've been thinking about for a while that has never really come to fruition to be completely honest. Like the, the position players within the NFL, I feel like at some point there has to be a time where they start to increase and maybe the quarterbacks don't decrease, but the gap starts to close a little bit. Oh, I, you know, I've thought about this for a couple years and I keep thinking it's going to happen. Then it doesn't happen. I don't exactly know how something like that does happen. Um, I don't know what the shift has to be. I just thought it was going to be a shift because people, people kept getting burned on quarterbacks. Uh, now, now that's not to say people aren't getting burned on like wide receivers and running backs. But if you look at overall, like 
the price that you're putting into a wide receiver or a running back or even a defensive player versus a quarterback versus Kellen Mond, for example. I mean, I think it's a perfect example. Like, all he did was get drafted. And then he his cars were ext- had extreme amounts of hype behind it. Now, you could also say maybe that's because people are talking about his cards. It's sort of a trendy thing. I think within sports cards, too, it's like talking about players and getting advice about players is sort of one of the ways that people create content which I think can be dangerous because if you look at professionals on TV, they get stuff wrong all the time. And But people within sports cards were taking advice from you know people who either... Yeah, and I don't want to say everybody that's everybody that's talking about players has those cards and is trying to sell them. But you know you got to think that there's there is a certain amount of people that are talking about those cards because they want the price to go up because they want to sell the cards. Now is that moral or just no, probably not. But it's just the way that sort of how it's it's the way that the market works. Like once people are in the news, like I wouldn't be surprised honestly if Kellen Mond cards kind of go up a little bit because he, you know, that's sort of one of the things that does happen within sports cards is the when people when players are in the news. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to figure out the camera here. When players are in the news, typically you will see a little bit of an increase in their cards. It's kind of similar to like the Donovan Mitchell news where, you know, that um, that trade itself probably is going to get more eyeballs on Donovan Mitchell cards than like if Donovan Mitchell, I don't know, makes it to the second or third round of the playoffs. Like playing for the Cavs, I think it's going to be interesting. They have some young players, but they did trade a lot to get donovan mitchell so i don't know it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that trade but it's just the when players get in the news for you know not reasons that are like bad but like in this case he was waived but then he got picked up but when players are in the news typically you'll see a little bit of action you'll see those the volume cards selling go up for sure whether it affects the price or it doesn't who's who's really to say at that point but uh sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't so for the next topic, we're going to talk about Heritage. So as you probably all have heard, Heritage Auctions. So as probably most of you have heard, Heritage Auctions sold the $12 million uh, Mickey Mantle last weekend or two weekends ago or whenever you end up watching this. Uh, but overall, it looks like their total sales ends up being almost un- just under $40 million total for for the premier auction that they had. So, I mean, some of the other notable cards that they sold, a Brady that I believe sold for $2 million. They sold a Kobe, I think it was a Refractor Black Label, which is a pretty pretty good card and then they also sold a tops wayne gretzky psa 10 which is only one of the two that they sold so i mean of those kind and i think that one sold for 1.2 million so granted you know you take off the you take the 12 million off of this so you're sitting at 20 uh 27 and then you take maybe the 2 million off the brace that's 25 and then i forget what the kobe sold for but then you can take the 1.2 off of from the, the from the Gretzky, so 24, so roughly 24 million dollars across the board. If you're not including some of those top top cards, um, and I mean it's it's impressive, honestly, that like you're seeing these big cards. Obviously, I think with an auction like this, you do have to kind of look at it and say like, well, you know, they did have a 12 million dollar card sell, which is like that's the marking that they've been doing for a couple couple months now at this point to get eyes on these auctions 
Um, I would be interested to see like if how some of the other auctions did this past weekend uh, with everybody kind of watching watching that uh, Mickey Mantle. I, I wonder if there were some undervalued stuff. I didn't really see many people talking about it on Instagram, like that they were getting deals. I mean, I'm sure it's probably not like the national, like at the national, you're probably going to find some decent deals when it comes to like going on eBay, because a lot of people are bringing their cards to the national um, and people who aren't, you know, maybe, or even people who are just trying to sell on eBay and get the money for the national. It's really kind of, you can find some deals if you're really looking for them, which is great. Uh, but with, with this auction, I do wonder if that affected kind of the overall, um, the overall scale, I guess, of kind of how sales went in total. Um, I know card ladder does like an index and I, this is probably at the top in terms of days. I know they do daily sales, uh, which is a great, you know, uh, I think a good indicator. The one thing that I do also find interesting is that. I mean, I guess I don't see the take as much as I did before. And maybe, honestly, maybe the take doesn't necessarily exist anymore. Like, when I was posting about sports cards on TikTok, like, a year or two ago, I mean, even on Twitter a little bit, on Instagram a little bit, but, like, the, the narrative that sports cards were dead or sports cards, like, stink or the market's going to go down, um, it it's kind of fluctuated. And I think, honestly, I don't want to say that those people are wrong because they're not necessarily wrong. Uh, but they're also not right. Uh, there are cards that have gone down. And I think I think I saw an interesting graph about the basketball market where it shot up super significantly and now it's down pretty significantly. But I think that was because it shot up so much because it was so stagnant for so long. Uh, and I don't know. I don't think vintage is necessarily like that. I think vintage is more just you're seeing it kind of steady out a little bit more. You probably did see some of the crazy increases in some vintage cards and then some decreases. But like overall, I think if you're looking at vintage versus, I mean, even stuff from the 90s, stuff from the 80s, um, it is going to be, I guess, safer. And I hate even saying safer because it's like if you're investing in anything, there's obviously a ton of risk. I mean, especially sports cards. Like who... Like, uh, you know, I think I definitely got caught up uh, in kind of the hype at the beginning of 2021. I specifically remember making a video on TikTok saying that 2021 was going to be crazier than 2020. Now, I didn't expect that it was going to be uh, kind of an up and down rather than I was thinking it might just continue to increase, which is a little bit naive, honestly. And I, I, I don't regret it necessarily because at the time it was like there were no the signs weren't there that things were going to slow down. I mean, I guess you could say, you know, things are opening up because of um, the virus and all that kind of stuff. So maybe people aren't spending as much time on eBay. And, you know, I think it had a lot to do with like people buying so much basketball. And then a lot of people, I think, sold it at the peak. And, and I also think uh, this is a take that I've had for forever. Like that 2020 into 2021 period was like the perfect storm for prospecting because like what ended up happening was players they there was no way to necessarily tell like who was going to be good and who wasn't going to be good uh so everybody had potential you know the bull bulls the kobe whites which i don't even necessarily think kobe white's a bad player but like he the tyler harrow another example but like these players all they had was hype and they continued to have that hype uh throughout kind of the pandemic and it really came down to like once it got to a point where there was a little bit of catch up with grading so you saw like you saw um, some of those cards that were uh, 
some of the cards that were like the prism cards of some of the top basketball players. Those shot up because I think people saw the other cards and they thought that those uh, that they thought that those secondary cards were kind of always going to go up the same way that they had. Once these players start playing and you see that some of them just aren't as good as, you know, Hall of Famers and then people kind of start to rethink their process, that's sort of where I think you're seeing some of the corrections come in. Um, so like I said, I would definitely be interested for this card or for this this auctions to see if some of the to see if some of the other sales kind of went down or if it was pretty much steady across the board like if more people were if more people got deals uh so i'd be interested you know if you're watching this and you got a deal during this weekend uh during the weekend this card sold definitely drop it in the comments because you know i, I don't know one way or the other whether it went up or it went down like i, I don't necessarily know you know when there's so many deals technic deals i guess deals but like there's so many ways you could have got cards or deals or whatever um kind of throughout that uh and then the last topic we're going to talk about on today's podcast is going to be mbappe signing uh mbappe signing with with panini so he signed that or he signed cards for tops and they came out with that twelve thousand dollar box which is great. Uh, very, uh, I think it's a cool box. I think it's cool that they were able to put out a box with his first autographs in it. Now it's obviously way past his rookie year, so I'm hoping. I don't think they're going to be called like rookie autos, but you know who knows? Maybe, maybe I think with soccer, there's so much variety of what could happen that maybe people say, well, it's his first auto, so it's technically his rookie autograph. I don't know. I don't. I'm kind of hoping that doesn't happen, but you know, at this point, who's who's really to say which one way or the other? But. Uh, when it comes to then, then, then Mbappe signs an exclusive deal with Panini, which I saw some people saying that that's an indication that Topps has bought Panini, or I mean, uh, Fanatics has bought Panini, because I, I guess I don't really remember if the Mbappe announcement was that his autos were going to be exclusive with Topps, because Topps has the exclusive rights for PSG. Uh, so, you know, we'll see kind of what happens there, whether, uh, the news comes out that Fanatics ends up buying Panini and, you know, this Mbappe card ends up being like the Mbappe card ends up being, you know, just another piece of Fanatics. Oh, played the video there. Uh, but so it's going to be definitely interesting to see, you know, what ends up happening with, with, you know, Mbappe. And if he, uh, cause if he ends up going somewhere else, that exclusive becomes, a lot more valuable for Panini, which I don't think he's going to go anywhere. He just signed that massive deal with PSG this summer. So I don't, I have a good feeling like he's not going anywhere necessarily, but if he does, or, and then, like I said, this all kind of, <laughs> kind of comes into the conversation where it's like, is Panini, like, are they sold to fanatics or what's, what's kind of the deal there? Um, but so I don't know if that's going to affect the prices of those boxes. Like, I don't know if the box price ends up coming down or, if, you know, on the secondary market, those autos end up coming down. I mean, I think I've seen a couple people say they've already sent in ones to PSA. I think I saw one on eBay. I think I saw one of the, like, numbered to 25s on eBay. Uh, but like I said, I, 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 I don't know when. And I think it's big for the World Cup, too. Because I think Panini probably, they have a World Cup product coming out. Um, it's the, every four years they have that. They had 20, uh, 2014, 2018. And then I guess 20, yeah, 2022 will be their next World Cup product, which we've seen the Mbappe Prism World Cup has been considered his rookie. I think 
his sticker is probably going to, in the long term, be a much better buy for people. But like that Mbappe, that Mbappe Prism card kind of was one of the catalysts in the soccer market in general. So like Mbappe is one of the more important players when it comes to soccer cards. So like him signing with Topps and then also signing an exclusive with Panini, I think it's going to put a real interesting spin on the market and kind of what's going to end up happening. Like if, Fanax is Bob Panini, then this is really, I don't think, going to have any effect. But I don't know. Like, I'll be interested to see what Fanatics even does in the future if they do buy Panini, because like I said, they're trying to kind of monopolize the market in a little bit, in a little bit of a way. Uh, so if they can get Panini on board, I think that's a pretty big deal. Um, obviously, because that's the top two card companies. I think it, I, I'm not, I, I almost feel like they wouldn't be allowed to do something like that, to be completely honest. But this Mbappe deal if Mbappe goes somewhere else, like for whatever reason, like if he transfers or they put him on a loan, which I don't think they would do because why would you? But if they do, then he goes to another team. He gets autos for not PSG. So it's going to be, I guess, interesting to see, like, I guess the Mbappe autos will only be on World Cup cards. They He won't have any PSG autos in Panini products because I think Topps has the exclusive license for Panini. Or, yeah, sorry, for PSG, so I don't think that there's any way we're going to see, I don't think that there's any way, let's keep trying this, I don't think that there's any way that we're going to see a PSG Mbappe auto, just for that simple reason, because uh, Topps has the PSG license, Panini has the Mbappe license, it's very, it's a very interesting play, and for years, Mbappe just never signed any cards because it was so expensive. So I would also be interested to know why he decided all of a sudden if the deals were just so good or if he was just like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. Or if he's gotten into cards, like who really knows at this point, like why Mbappe really made these decisions. But I think it's going to be very interesting down the road to see sort of where all this comes down. Um, so that's it for this first show. Uh, my laptop is also, I'm sells what 10%. So I need to figure out charging and how long these, um, how long, you know, how long it can last. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, definitely fun to kind of get back and do some content. YouTube, putting out the YouTube shorts. Those have been doing pretty well. Uh, first live stream. I'll probably cut this up into different videos. Maybe I think the plan is essentially to do the live show, put the live show out as a, or put the live show out as a podcast and then cut up the YouTube videos and kind of post those throughout the week. I don't know exactly how many shows I'm going to do or how often I'm going to do it, but this being the first show, uh, we're going to wrap things up. I will appreciate everybody that came into the chat. Uh, thank you all for, you know, leaving comments or I think we only have one comment, but that's okay. It's first live stream. So that's going to be it. Thank you everyone for listening and watching and I'll see you in the next one.